0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: It's the Believe in Blazers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Brian Wheeler one, with you once again. And, oh, we have a special edition of the podcast, not only today, but it's so big we had to, we had to divide it up into two parts. Uh, I, when I started this podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, I put out the, uh, the call to Blazer fans near and far, Asking for suggestions as to guests that we should have on the podcast, people that they would like to hear from, and by more than a two-to-one margin, by more than a two-to-one margin, and I, I, I'm not being uh, bashful about saying that, the people that they wanted to hear from most of all, and they are already on my list, but they moved up the ladder to be on as soon as possible, Mike and Mike, you know them as Mike, Barrett, Mike Rice, they were your TV voices of the Trailblazers for a good period of time and for a lot of fabulous years of Blazers basketball and for 11 seasons. They were the announcers on the Blazers television crew. I call them good friends. I miss being with them during the basketball season, uh, times outside the season as well. Uh, Very special people in my life, very special people in the lives of Blazer fans everywhere. And today we have both Mike Barrett and Mike Rice with us. On the podcast so you know that we have a lot of special things to talk about over the next two podcasts so let's welcome them in mb first of all great to see you great to hear from you you look wonderful and um i know you've got some big things that are going on we're going to talk about that as well but uh so nice to be able to make your acquaintance once again
2: oh well you guys too and it, uh, it makes me sad that you know here it's been what has it been almost four years and it's like we haven't when you fall out of touch a little bit, you say, hey, I'll give you a call. And then you kind of do, and then you don't. And then like my dad dies in August. So I hear from some people and um, talk to Mike a little bit on text and uh, which is great, but dang, I, I do miss you guys. I mean, this is really cool. Um, you know, I know the podcast is audio, but we're getting to see each other as well, which is which is really neat. Takes me back. And it's kind of like it's, uh, it erases the last few years, just uh, right back where we started and kind of right back to what we're used to. So thanks for having us together again. It's it's great, all of us.
1: It bothered Wildwin so much he left town. Uh, he visits us <laughs> he visits us from, from Florida, sunny Florida, where he played tennis earlier today. Pretty much a typical day in the life of, of Mike Rice. And uh, Wildwin, great to see you again. And you look as spry as ever. I was winning
0: my step. Today, when you called me on the tennis court wheels, and You're then doing... my game fell apart because <laughs> I was not concentrating on the on the tennis match, I was thinking about joining forces with two of the best announcers in the NBA. By the wow. way, there's airplanes yeah. flying over now and then
2: to go into Fort Lauderdale. But what was well, the weather that's like? High, that's high rent district right there. That's right, right. By airport.
1: What was the weather like in Florida today?
0: Eighty <laughs> three. It's 83 almost every day in the last two months and we haven't had rain for about two months so may is when florida gets some rain and uh, so i'm waiting for that just so it'll stop me from going out and playing tennis and golf every day it does doesn't get boring but and i finally found out what why Mike Barrett is such a good golfer because down here you get a chance to golf every day. And so I started reading (laughs) eBay and YouTube lessons. I take lessons on YouTube and I found out what the slot is and uh, uh, how to to swing a golf club. And I see what Barrett all these years, why he was hitting the ball (laughs) further than me. Do you and think you can outdistance
1: him now if you got on the course again you know, together,
0: age has caught up to my distance. <laughs> but I know what I'm doing now, getting the lag in my swing and uh, everything. You're, you're, you know I you're know.
2: but you're getting to that point where you you're, you can be one of those guys to shoot your age. That you got to work on that. That's a really cool thing in somebody's life if they can shoot Absolutely. Their
0: age. Absolutely. In fact, some of the guys I play with, I play with guys that are about 20 years younger and I can stay up with them. And I always say, I may shoot my age. Say, Dude, that's, that's not tough. He's shooting 81. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, Florida's, it's a crazy state. There's 83 million people here. And everybody has a different personality. And uh, there's more nutcases here in Florida than anywhere in the world, believe me.
1: Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you miss Portland? Now, I, I will tell you, in Portland today, uh, we've got a 70 degree day, might be even warmer tomorrow. So, uh, there's been much rain actually here. In fact, I think they said it might be the driest April ever, uh, potentially by the time the month is over. So, uh, we'll probably pay for that at some point, but, uh, I know you were a big fan of Portland after you didn't grow up here. I mean, you got to got acclimated by coming here to, to work for the team, but, uh, did you miss it at all?
0: Oh yeah. And there's, there's no doubt Portland is one of the special places ever, uh, the climate—it's uh, just marvelous. Uh, if you go to Central Florida, up in Sisters, and there's just so many different things to do. And I do miss it, but you know, my kids always said flying to Portland is like flying to China to come to see you. If you come to Florida, we'll come much more often to see you. So I moved down here and. Uh, I do see my grandkids and my kids a lot more in Florida.
1: MB how's the family uh, We know that uh, they are, they're they're very special to you always uh, I, I always thought you were a great great father and a great husband because you, you talked about your family all the time and you talked uh, it always brought a smile to your face to, 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 uh, to see you talk about them and uh, and so bring us up to date on everything going on on with them.
2: No it's great I mean kids are 16 and 14 now and uh, you know it's, it's been odd for them. Um, a little bit you know the Blazer days they were always they grew up in that hallway and they were always back in that kid's room and you know after the game they would you know they got to know the nannies and everything back there and I was fortunate enough that they allowed them in there because that was kind of for players kids and players wives and they were always good enough to allow my kids in there and so my wife could drop the kids in there once in a while go watch the game and then come back and get them so they to, to, to grow up in that environment and then be, well, let's see, they would have been probably tw- uh, 12 and 11, I guess, when we got canned. Um, so all of a sudden, they're just out of that world and unplugged and out of those, all those. So they lost all their friends, not all their friends, but, you know, lost a lot of the people that they were familiar with. Um, and so, yeah, and, and, and I didn't want to be one of those people like Kathy Lee or something that talked about the kids every second. But I will say that, that it was a family affair for us. Um, and so that was sad, that part, um, not only not getting to see you guys and you guys obviously were a huge part in the kids' lives and they used to call Rice crazy Mike, even when they were tiny, they called call him crazy Mike. <laughs> How's crazy Mike? And they'd say, uh, it, always. And so it makes me sad that they haven't been around, you know, him and you and everybody else, but, uh, no, everything's good. Everybody's healthy. And, uh, you know, I've been some challenging things since we left, but, um, you know, a breast cancer. And then I mentioned my dad passing and stuff like that. That's just life for everybody. And, um, so yeah, challenging stuff, but during those times, it's been nice to be able to be around and, um, you know, it would have been tough to go through those times having to travel at that time. So there's some blessings that have come along with it. So, uh, we're,
1: we're going to talk about some, uh, some, uh, hopefully a lot of happy moments, good memories and, uh, uh, ones that I know that, uh, we probably haven't talked about as a group in a while. Uh, but, uh, we want to talk about everything, and, and uh, so everybody knows these guys have uh, have said that there was nothing off base that they didn't feel they they couldn't talk about or didn't want to talk about. So the kind of things that I'm sure many Blazer fans, many Mike and Mike fans have been curious about, um, hopefully they'll be able to answer some of those uh, curiosities that maybe you've had over the years. So let's go back to the spring of 2016. You guys just completed your 11th season as the uh, top announcers for Blazers television as was very typical for all of us, uh, uh, we got scheduled to come in for individual postseason meetings with the team hierarchy to discuss how the year went, plans for covering summer league, what the off season would be like, maybe trips to see affiliates, uh, golf tournaments, uh, the like, and and also what maybe the next season's coverage uh, could look like. Uh, so as we know, these meetings uh, didn't quite go like that. Um, <laughs> MB, I'll start with you. Uh, uh, what were you expecting from your meeting? Uh, it, it was it was kind of vague as I, I don't think any of us expected that the meetings would be anything other than typical as they had been so many years previous to that. But uh, did you have any expectations going into the meeting and how did they break things to you that the team was looking to make a change?
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I start, As you started into that, I started kind of rewinding that in my head. And we, we probably have never, the three of us have really ever talked about that. Um, like you said, I mean, the, the expectation going in, uh, was just like a normal meeting, a recap, season recap, but I had a, I've, I've said this to people and I don't know why I had a funny feeling about it the night before. And I happened to be with some friends. I actually it was with Steve Blake and some friends and, um, they asked about it. What do you got going tomorrow? I said, I got a meeting And, the, and I said, uh, I said, I, and they said, what? It's just a normal? And I said, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I said, I got a funny feeling about it. And I left that morning and I even, it was a beautiful morning and my wife was out watering the flower. I still remember. And I, and I said, I don't know. I said, when I come home, I don't know if I'm gonna have a job. And she said, what are you talking about? I mean, and I kind of like that anyway. I kind, of, I kind of live in that fear, which is not good. But um, then I got there and thought, okay. And then, and then when you walk into a meeting and the HR person is sitting there, then you kind of go, okay, maybe something's going on. And then the rest of it was a little bit of a blur, but I remember it was not long. It wasn't a long chat um It was just uh, ending you guys, terminating you guys, and um, you know, I, it wasn't their doing. So I knew that. I knew that even though they had to own it, I knew it wasn't. And then I did talk to Chris McGowan for a few minutes, and he was great. And uh, you know, I love Chris. Love, yeah, I don't. I don't hold anything against any of those guys. The funny thing is, is I walked out, and I'm kind of numb at that point. I'm, you know, I'm kind of going because I know the press release is coming out. So I know by the time I get to my car, it'll likely be on whatever sports radio or whatever. And, and some of my friends and family will hear even before I have a chance to tell them, which did happen. Um, but I walked out and I look over to my left and in the office next to it, there's Rice and Tone in there just yucking it up and laughing scratch. And I didn't say anything obviously to them, and they didn't really even see me. And the funny thing is what I'm sure Rice will tell you. He didn't know until Mike, you can you can say this, but you didn't know you told me you didn't know until either a day or two later or three days that I got it too. You thought you were the only one that got canned. And then he goes, he calls and goes, what the hell? You you got fired too? And I said, yeah, shit, it's been on the news for three days. And and so uh, it was kind of funny. Mike, you can tell me if that was real or not, but I remember you saying yeah. that at the time.
0: You know, it's uh, it's amazing because I really, you know, you said you woke up you had a funny feeling. Uh, I was trying to figure out how much money I was going to ask for. I figured, oh, this has to be an extension of my contract. We're doing such a great job and the fans love what we're doing, et cetera. So I get in there and they, uh, and I never knew what the term, we're moving in a different direction. Down here in Florida, when I moved to a different direction, I go down to the tiki bar that my neighbor is building and have a pina colada. That's moving in a different direction. In that meeting, I said, you're going to do what? They said, we're moving in a different direction. I said, oh, okay. (laughs) And so I walked out and I really didn't know that they had done the same thing to Mike because he had his meeting ahead of mine, and he walked out. Yeah. And and he's right. I didn't know for like a day or two. I said on the broadcast they said the two mics are gone, and I said, I called Mike Barrett up then and I said you're gone too. <laughs> and that, that was and that's the only thing I knew about. That meeting is all they said was we're moving in a different direction. I said that you have to do what you have to do, and I got up and left the meeting. And of course, they had a, a guy that was going to escort me to make sure I didn't steal any of <laughs> the pencils or papers on my desk. You already and had uh, those at home. <laughs> he, he walked me to the door, and that was that's all I knew about how, what happened that day.
1: Well, and of course, the reason why you wouldn't necessarily think that any of this was going to happen is that you were coming off a season in which uh, the plaudits had probably been as uh, plentiful as uh, they had been for any season. You two had been together. Uh, the fans loved you. The sponsors love you. The booster club loved you. Uh, the employees loved you. Uh, there have been surveys throughout the league about the top TV uh, announce crews and, and, the entire NBA. So objective observers are pointing to you guys as one of the top announced teams on NBA television so there was no reason to indicate that uh, uh, that there would be a possible possibility of, of a change. So so I ask you guys uh, individually, collectively, to this day, do either of you feel you've been given a reasonable, plausible explanation as to why the team decided to go in that different direction?
0: Yeah, well, um, I go ahead, Mike. What told me is what I said. They're moving in a different direction. But so nothing, nothing more specific
1: than that. Nothing more specific than
0: that. No, and they were, and and I asked one question about: uh, Is there something that we did, I did? I didn't say we, because at that time I thought (laughs) Barrett uh, threw me under the bus or something. (laughs) 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 And I knew we wouldn't do that. (laughs) But I I walked out of the meeting with the uh, the guard, and Tone kind of looked at me because he was next in, and I said tone. It ain't good. (laughs) (laughs) I walked out. And, you know, to this day, i cheer for the Blazers. I watch every game on League Pass because I had a great, great time as a Blazer announcer. And to this day, I really still do not know, you know, the exact reason. And it's probably better that way because, you know, I have no hard feelings at all. I still wear Blazer shirts down here in Florida and uh, they're big Miami heat fans. And uh, I watch. And so, you know, I didn't want to end it. Day, but, uh, hey, it, it, it is, what it is, I guess they say.
1: Now, MB, you said uh, earlier that uh, the, you felt the decision was not made by the people that were in the room that you were talking to that specific day. So, can you expound on that then as the and did they say that to you? Or is that something that you no, deciphered No, afterwards?
2: no, no. Yeah. Nobody ever said that. And it doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I, I don't think that was made by anybody here. And I, I you know, I, um, it was probably a Seattle thing. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, but I was never told, but um, like Mike, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't, even that day. I mean, I, I was, I was sad. It's kind of the way I handle things too. I, I never, even in life i guess i try not to ever uh you know i don't try to blame anybody else there's always something i could have done in this case that was the tough one because um you know i'm one of those people who tried to work hard be first uh, at the arena last to leave do everything i could to never give anybody a reason to be upset now sometimes if you're in a job like we were in they just won't like you and that's fine but i don't think that was the case so therefore i guess i've drawn my own conclusion that it was just it was Somebody outside the area, only because why? Why else would they have done that? And like for the explanations that you said, um, take something that was it was pretty popular and that was pretty well liked by sponsors and fans and season ticket holders and whatnot, who we had long standing relationships with, and blow it up. Um, it just felt felt a little odd. So I, knowing the guys that that had to had to deliver that news to us, knowing that they're uh, good business people. Uh, that's where I go. Well, they wouldn't have done that. that. So it was probably, you know, it might have been a, an owner situation. Um, that's probably what happened. And it that happened before with Sean's. Um, you know, Sean's was fired, uh, and and that I think went kind of the same way. I don't think that was a local decision, um, but it doesn't it doesn't matter in the long run. But um, that I think is probably what happened, only because it's the only thing that makes sense. But uh, it's 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 their prerogative. We were working at their. You know, um, and I even mentioned that at the time, you know, working for Paul Allen was um, we were there as long as he wanted us. And if he got tired um, and decided to move on, that's hey, that's his business. It's his team.
1: Maybe it was some small consolation to a degree. But how did you both feel about the swirl of the overwhelming support that you received from Blazer fans after they found out that you would not be coming back?
2: Go ahead, Mike.
0: What was that? Wheels?
1: The question being, uh,
0: I, I didn't hear. Wheels yeah. The question, question. Being,
1: question being that maybe it was small consolation to a degree, but how did you feel about, uh, the overwhelming support that you got from Blazer fans once they found out the news that you wouldn't be coming back? You hearing us? Well, one?
0: well I, I really think, I think no. it was a family, of uh, the fans and the, uh, and all the announcers with the Blazers at that time. That's one of the hard feelings I had was, I had such an enjoyable time in my uh, 25 years with the Blazers, both on radio and TV. It was, every day it was fun. I, I can't remember a, a bad day. Uh, maybe after bad laws, you know, we all felt grumpy. You know what they did is what they did. Uh, And I agree with uh, Mike uh, that it had to do a lot with Seattle, what was going on in Seattle. And so, you know, there's nothing you can do. Uh, The fans still, you know, there was no harsh feelings from the fans that, uh, yeah, they they lasted longer than they should have or anything like that. So that was one reason it was easy for me to move to Florida because I had such a great time in Portland, in Oregon, that uh, I, I didn't want to go through every day of people's feeling sorry for what happened, uh, you know, because there was nothing to feel sorry about that. We, we had a great, great time the whole time we were with the Blazers, and that's why I know what the season is about this year. We would have brought real great excitement about this uh, play in tournament and what's going on. And uh, can they beat Memphis tonight, uh, you know, and, and uh, move into that sixth spot and have to not uh, be part of the play in tournament. Although if you really look at it, uh, the teams that are ahead of the Blazers, I think this year are more talented. Uh, I think if we had to play the Utah, or the Suns or the Clippers in the first round. We were sixth, caught Dallas, and we we're sixth in the standings and had to play one of those. Uh, the series probably wouldn't be as great. So I think this play in tournament might be the best excitement the Blazers have this year. Uh, they have to uh, finish seventh or eighth and play Memphis then in the play in and finish seventh. Uh, that wouldn't probably be great either because they'd have to play the clips the first round of the playoffs. But just playing Memphis and maybe playing Golden State in the second part of the, uh, you know, if you ever lost the first game and had to play for the eighth spot, you, you'd play a Golden State maybe. That would probably be more fun than the actual playoffs as it is. So I know we would have a great, great time, the three of us, uh, going through what's going to happen to the Blazers in the next two or three weeks.
1: And I I don't know if you caught it, uh, a, a little, uh, little slip from, uh, the wild one, uh, with a little "we" in there, as he was talking about <laughs> it. That. old habits <laughs> die hard. Right. I mean, I, and I, I find myself sometimes I'll, I'll say that if I'm talking about the team or so, it's very, uh, it's, it's very hard to be with a group for as long as uh, we all were and not have that kind of attachment. But, uh, your thoughts though, on, uh, Again, it, it, it didn't necessarily change the result of what happened on that particular day, but uh, gosh, I, I was really so proud of all the, all the people that stepped forward from uh, the, the Blazer fan community that uh, said this wasn't right, and, that, uh, and, and I think if you had any doubts about the impact and, uh, and what you meant to people's lives that followed the team, uh, boy, everybody stepped up in in uh, moss really to talk about uh, how wrong they thought it was and how much you meant you guys meant to them in terms of uh, adding to their enjoyment of following the blazers.
2: Well it was that's that's the most amazing part. And that was kind of the um, I mean, you talk about being humbled and because it just didn't, I remember telling my wife, I think it was that night and she was talking about that and I said, you know'll they I said they'll forget and in two weeks. I said, that's how this media world is. it'll be over. And the fact that it's been almost four years, and we, you know, every day on Twitter and whatever, there's always a comment about it. Almost every single day, um, it, it's amazing. And, and and the day it happened, I still remember going home, and um, I think I was in my garage, and I was just trying to keep busy, and I was just kind of standing there. And I kept getting these phone calls from um, all the other, all of our cohorts around the NBA, other broadcasters, and that shocked me. Um, I mean, I got calls from everybody. It, it, it was, and I got calls from three NBA officials, which shocked me. I didn't even know how they how they had my cell phone number. Um, guys that I had kind of known, you know, there was a little bit of a relationship there. But um, man, I had long conversations. I have, I still have some voicemails from some of the most prominent NBA broadcasters uh, that I just kept because they were just so. I some of those guys I knew pretty well. Some of them I didn't know that well. Um, But the fact that they noticed and this was the day it happened, the fact that they noticed and all reached out immediately was just uh, overwhelming. And then, yeah, the fan support and the fan, um, you know, I didn't take any I didn't take any uh, joy in the anger necessarily. But the support part of it and the love that they poured out over um, talking about it, uh, that was that was really special. Um, And then it was interesting to see, you know, even and I didn't. I didn't talk to that many people from the team. I did. I did get some calls from um, some people that we were close to, executives on the team side, and a couple of players got some texts from them, um, which is really, really, really nice. Um, but yeah, it was that. That was very humbling, and I did not expect that. Maybe I should have, but I just didn't.
1: I'd asked uh, folks to uh, to chime I in got, with. Go ahead, Weldon.
0: I got wheels. I got a lot of calls from the refs. I was just say, convinced.
1: when I heard MB say you got calls from refs, I thought maybe they, they, they just they just dialed the wrong mic, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they
0: we hope you have the better luck in the next next life in because we the hate you. <laughs> but no, it, it, it was a great reaction from the Blazer fans. You were right there.
1: So I asked uh, folks to chip in with uh, any questions or just uh, any Thoughts, uh, well wishes they wanted me to pass along to you when I uh, tweeted out that we were doing the uh, the podcast and uh, somebody that was part of your uh, regular TV crew for home games, Kristen, uh, stepped up and just said, just tell them that cinnamon says hi. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, nice, nice lady. If she You're had excellent. been on the
0: line, I would have asked her what color her hair is this month. <laughs>
1: uh don says man i miss all three of you dudes calling the games how i wish i could hear them called that way today pros versus joe's is what he says uh, very nice um what else here i thought it was a very good question about history um yeah ian wanted to know uh what was mike and mike's favorite memory of aldridge now that his career is over also how far do they think that lma odin Royd." trio could have gone if they had stayed healthy. Could they have possibly been championship-bound? Wildman, what do you think?
0: Well, you know, one of the most exciting times uh, was a center that really never got a chance to play with the Blazers from Ohio State. What was his name, MB? Uh,
2: What, Greg Oden? what is that you're talking about?
0: Greg Oden how quickly I forget. Uh, when Greg Oden came to town, uh, he went down to the gym before he even, he was announced uh, to the public in that big uh, press conference that we had downtown uh, Portland. Uh, he played in the gym and, uh, yes, there was about eight blazers, uh, in the pickup game. And, uh, I couldn't believe how how good he was. He just murdered people that day in the gym. He was dunking on guys that were established, Portland Blazer players. And I said, we're going to win championships. We're going to, it was unbelievable. The excitement that was throughout the city when Greg Oden came to town. And uh, boy, it was just, it was almost uh, like uh, uh, Walton when he got injured and the Blazers didn't get a chance to win some championships after 1977, I think the Blazers would have been that good if Greg Oden would have stayed healthy.
1: Yeah. MB, yeah, I, yeah. I remember back MB, when, yes. when, when they had the, the big, you know, the billboards about uh, honk once uh, for Oden honk two for, uh, for Durant. And, and even though if you, you could have found people that were, were very passionate on both sides of the argument, but I always tell people, you didn't find anybody, though, that said, hey, one of those guys is going to be a future Hall of Famer. The other guy will never play. I mean, nobody ever said yeah. that. I mean, the feeling was <laughs> both guys are great. You can't really go wrong with either one. Maybe one guy will be a little greater than the other. But, hey, you're going to get a winner whichever way you choose. And so that, that, was, that was the really unfortunate thing about, about that whole situation that the Blazers, unfortunately, didn't get uh, anybody that, uh, you know, unfortunately – and right about the time Odin did start – getting ready to contribute. It looked like he was finally uh, getting uh, into a bit of a groove. He was putting up good numbers and then he got injured for the last time. But uh, that, that was the frustrating thing about that whole situation that uh, uh, the Blazers never got anything out of. And there was nothing really ever to predict that, that something that drastic and dramatic and traumatic uh, was really going to happen. No.
2: And I know that the buildup leading up to that draft, if they had not taken Odin, if they had taken Durant that day, they'd have gotten booed by that entire draft party. Blazer fans would have been furious. They really were. There were a few people who were kind of Durant people, but everybody was talking about Odin. And and I know the exact workout Mike is talking about. It was one of those five-on-five runs in late August, which are really competitive runs. They're great to watch. And I sat next to Mike at the practice facility. We were fortunate enough to be invited in to watch. And he's right. Odin was killing people. And we were sitting there watching him I think it was a couple of times he blocked shots that you didn't think he had any any chance to get to. He had a couple of dunks that came out of nowhere, a couple spin, baby hook. We were like, you've got to be kidding me. He was was shredding NBA veterans at that. And, and then two days later, all of a sudden we went back and he's sitting on the side with an ice bag on the knee. We said, what's that? And they said, nothing, it's just precaution, a little swelling, but that started the whole, and, and it was never the yeah. same after that. And it's weird to think somebody peaked during an August- open gym five on five run but but his peak was pretty stinking high and and i was fortunate enough to be there that, that day and as mike can attest to that was insane basketball by him
1: and, and for those who think that somehow uh the blazers were just uh misguided in making that selection remember that uh, the nba the nba itself who always is looking for the next best thing and the next big thing um they put together that that uh video of odin with uh, all the great centers of the past he's sitting there getting advice about how to go about his you know his rookie season and so forth and he's sitting there with walton and um, I, think, I think kareem might have been there i mean it was it was it was all the big the big the big the big guys of the past that had made something of their careers big things of their careers and giving odin advice like he's going to be the next big man to dominate basketball and the blazers first game that you know his rookie season against the lakers in los angeles i mean clearly the nba was really looking forward to you know finding uh the next big superstar and it was exciting to think that that guy was going to be in portland i mean i remember when we were all at uh the the restaurant that doesn't even exist anymore on the southeast side when we had the draft party and the blazers were fortunate enough to get the first pick and my gallup uh, bless his soul of the of, you know of course uh, the number two man with the portland timbers now but at that point um, one of the top uh, folks uh, I, I still say maybe the best boss we ever had uh with the trailblazers and and and, and sitting there and almost just you know tears in his eyes we mb had uh, encouraged him to come on you know the draft party to talk about it but he he was choking up talking about the fact that he yeah. said yeah, we, we told you things are going to be big and they're going to happen and, and, and we weren't lying and so everybody's sitting there this happened this really happened and i i thought you know when you get a a generational player like that i thought we're going to be looking at you know deep playoff runs and maybe championships for the next 10 15 years i mean that, that's that's what everybody was thinking and i don't think you, you could have found anybody that was thinking otherwise so it was just really i mean when i look at bad unfortunate uh, just freakish luck things that happen in sports that was really one of them that uh that, that really hurt a franchise unfortunately and, and it affected, I mean, you had Lamarcus, you had Brandon, and most teams in that era, you know, had a big three if you were a championship contender and you thought the Blazers are gonna have a big three and they're gonna have a big three, a young core that's gonna be with them for a long time. And unfortunately, injury shut down everybody but Lamarcus, as it turns out. And there you have it, the end of part one of our very special Believe in Blazers podcast with Mike and Mike, Messrs. Barrett and Rice. We have much more to get to with these fine fellows. And we'll do so on our next edition of the podcast on Friday. We anticipate being downloaded uh, oh, right around 9, 10 a.m. in the morning on Friday. So catch the second half. Lots of fun things to still talk about with these guys on Friday. Hope you enjoy part one. Part two is coming up as we continue this fine bit of programming. Checking out the Blazers past and present on the Believe in Blazers podcast. So long for now.